Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Stefan also just prayed, Lord. Thank you that we can worship you, Lord. Thank you that we you know, can come into your presence and that you have made a way for us to connect with you, Lord. Um, you know, I just pray that, you know, that, that the, the words that are spoken tonight, that it will be from you, Lord, and that it will reach its full effect in our hearts, Lord. That, you, know, you will make it practical for us, Lord. You know, thank you that you are here also. Um, thank you that we can worship you, and thank you that you, uh, you are great, Lord, and that you are the best. <laughs> you're the best well, they are, that we can follow. You, you are, you know, Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, the topic for tonight is worship, our worship to God. And it might m- make sense that, uh, that I'm speaking about worship because I'm a worship leader. But I must say that this, this came quite from the side. It was something that, that God really um, throwed in front of me. I was willing to, to speak about anything. And um, yeah, I'd just like to share the story. I was in George where we um, facilitated Encounter 4. And there was a lady from George that just shared the image with me afterwards, which um, was the scripture of John 4, which said um, that the Father is seeking true worshipers and that we, we should worship in spirit and in truth. And I was, um, I was quite shocked. Um, I've heard this a lot of times, but I didn't really know at that time what does it mean. Um, and if you, if you would have asked me, I would probably say like, to be in spirit is like really to get into it. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone will relate a bit. Um, and in truth is to sing truths, which is not necessarily wrong. Um, but I don't think that is what Jesus meant when he spoke to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, which is the, the scripture that we are going to read out tonight. Um, but yeah, I just came on a, um, a, a, cool, a really cool quote, which says that the gospel call is a call to worship, and it's a way of living. It's not only when we come here and we, 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 we worship as a congregation, which is also part of worship, but it's a way of living. It's a way we are doing things. It's a way that we look to Jesus when we do things. Um, and there's a, there's a really uh, applicable verse in Hebrews, um, and I'm going to read it for us, and it will just shift our minds a bit. It's not on the board, but... I can listen. It's really powerful. It says, In our worship, we approach the throne of God, the judge of all. We enter the festival assembly of the saints and the angels. We gather in spirit, in spirit, with the spirits of just men made perfect. We enter the assembly of glory through Christ, our mediator. He made it possible, He is our mediator and the blood of his atoning death. And uh, yeah, it's just so great for me to think that we don't have to 
enter the holiest of holies again, like in the times of Moses. And Moses can, is the only one that can, can go into the presence of God. We can now do it. We can now do it all the time. And um, if, if we go in worship, we approach the throne of God with the saints and the angels. It's so beautiful for me every time I read it. There's no high priests that need it. We can, we can go to Jesus straight. We can go to God in his presence. And um, I was quite surprised, this, um, this topic, it does relate with the previous time that I preached about Nicodemus, I don't know if some of you remembered, um, but Nicodemus was, was a Pharisee and uh, Jesus told him that he needs to be born again. He thought that he got his life figured out, um, he was a head Pharisee, a leader, and Jesus told him you need to be born again and it was quite a category shift that happened. And the same with this um, Samaritan woman. Um, I think Brown also preached about it a while ago. But where this Samaritan woman, Jesus told her some of her sin, and she, through religion, she said that he's a prophet, and where should we worship, on the mountain or in Jerusalem? And Jesus is like, <laughs> I don't think he was confused, but I would have been. He was going to... A deeper place and she's staying on the surface throwing religion but yeah um, I think we do it often as well <laughs> but yeah let's read the, the scripture and uh, then we'll dive into it it's out of John 4 from verse 20 to 26 our fathers worshipped on this mountain so, sorry just to give some feedback this is the woman speaking Jesus just told her that she is living with a boyfriend and that she had five husbands and she's throwing this, um, this at Jesus. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem where you worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. <laughs> it sounds quite odd at that stage. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said, and I think the setting changed a bit here. She said, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. <laughs> wow, it's quite, quite amazing. But, yeah, we, we just read, when I got that verse on that WhatsApp image, it says like, the Father is seeking such worshippers to worship him. And I thought by myself, I hope I'm a true worshipper. And I should dive into this because people need to know how to worship. It's such a, a big topic in our lives. We do it all the time. We should, we should all do it all the time. And um, Worship is, like I said, a way of life. But it is also in a congregation. It's, it's also in our personal lives. And it's also in a family um, where we worship God together. So I um, want to focus on, on, the, on verse twenty where it says that our fathers worshipped on this mountain and where this woman is like, she's going to the surface. She wants to hide her sin. Jesus is showing her sin. 
and she's going and she's asking a weird question which says, our fathers worship on this mountain, mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. And I think Jesus is like, um, I, was, I was going in a direction, but, but obviously you don't want to talk about it. And it actually seems like Jesus is following her into, we can call a rabbit trail, but this is not the case. Jesus is God and he exactly knew where he wanted to go. Um, and he's going to the topic of worship and he's, he's saying, yes, let's go there. <laughs> And this is where we are going to go deeper. And um, you know, like I said, a lot of times we tend to throw surface superficial things at God when he wants to go deeper. That's huh? a good, good example. But yeah, let's, let's focus on, on whom we are worshipping and how to worship. Jesus is saying, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father and in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So whom should we worship the Father? And I, I thought about it a, a bit and I wondered why did... Jesus used the term Father. Why didn't he say, let's worship God um, or the Lord? But he used the Father. And what Jesus is doing is linking her reference to the fathers. She said in verse 12, are you bigger than our father Jacob? And also she is saying, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. Um, which is, she's into the fathers. She has a, a reference of, of family, of a father, it's important to her. And Jesus is, by, by this, Jesus is saying, leave the fathers and start to know the father. That's quite cool, eh? Um, focus on the relationship, directly to immediately God. And Jesus is showing this woman, let's focus on the relationship with the father. Leave the fathers, focus on, on a relationship. Do you know the father? And another very good question that Jesus is asking, he's confronting her indirectly. Are you a child? Because a father is always related to a child. So are you a child and do you have a relationship? Um, by just asking, by just saying the father. So we, when we worship, we are worshiping the father because we are children. And I'm going to read for us that piece in Romans 8 later. We are through the Spirit, we are sons. We, we, we can cry, Abba, Father. Um, we are children of God. We can know the Father, relationship. And how should we do it? In spirit and in truth. And we're going to go very deep in this. But just want to show out here that Jesus is making a category shift again. He's not saying, okay, not in the mountain of Jerusalem, but in Secunda or Johannesburg. No, it's a category shift. It's spirit and truth. It's something different. Um, and Jesus is stripping by this. He's stripping the, the last vestiges of outward connotation of worship. Everything that we saw on those days that they saw that is right to do, you know, the outward appearance. We should go somewhere. And we should do something. He's stripping that completely. And he's saying that it is something inside. It's something inward. And it's not wrong 
to worship in a building or a place. We spend a lot of money on place and it's important for fellowship and sound and cool projectors. <laughs> but that is not what makes worship worship. Eh? It's, it's something on the inside. That's what Jesus is saying. Verse 22, um, that hard verse. You worship what you do not know. <laughs> we worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. And it also left me with some question marks. It sounds as if Jesus is really hard here. He's really blunt. Um, he says, you Samaritans, you have the place wrong and you do not even know who you worship. We Jews, we do know. And is that what he's saying? Absolutely not. Um, the Jews don't all know who they worship. And we can see this from John 8, 19, where Jesus is speaking to some Pharisees, where um, he's, he's telling them, and just to give some background on Pharisees, Pharisees worshipped all the time on Saturdays, they read the scrolls, um, they knew how to worship in those days, they were the people to look up to. And Jesus is saying to them in John 8, 19, you don't know neither me nor my father. If you knew my father, you would knew me. So something, something went wrong with the Pharisees as well. So they are Jews and they also don't know who they worship. So that's not what Jesus is saying. Um, but Jesus is once again, he's breaking that outward connotation of what we think worship should look like. Something on the inside again, once again. And now by this, a five-time married, staying with a boyfriend woman, can worship the Father in spirit and truth because it's something on the inside. It's something that Jesus came to do through the Jews. He's our Savior, and that's what he meant. He's, he's from the Jews, and he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that saves, and he's the mediator. Now we can go to the Father. Now we can anytime step into the presence of God. What a privilege that is. So, to break up a bit, spirit and truth. Um, what is spirit? Like I said, and um, you know, before this, I, I thought it's like to get into it. <laughs> and let's, let's put some definition into that. Um, spirit, for me, is the Holy Spirit. It's not only spirit. It's not only our spirits. It's not something that we can just do. This is sustained and carried along by the Holy Spirit. So if we are true worshippers, the Holy Spirit needs to be involved always. So not just some of the times. We need to invite the Holy Spirit constantly. That's what spirit means. And it, it means that it's not only our physical bodies that we worship Him, which also we do, but it's, it's our spirits as well. It's the Holy Spirit's connection. Mary said in Luke 1, verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices. It's something, my soul and my spirit, it's something inside that, that's, that's working. Um, and uh, to cultivate a relationship, that relationship with the Father and with the Spirit, Holy Spirit enabled worship will flow out of us. We need to cultivate that relationship, right? Eh? Alive through the new birth. And that, that part in Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption and sons, by whom we can cry, Abba, Father. We are sons. 
we have, of we have the Holy Spirit in us, we invite him, we can now cry, Abba, Father. We are children. Okay. Awesome. And in truth, um, like I said, I think truth means um, what I thought back then was to sing truth and to speak truth, and my life needs to be based on truth. But I, there's something else. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And all scripture, which is truth, reflects to Jesus. And that means that Jesus needs to be involved. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and it makes sense, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit and Jesus working together to glorify the Father. And there's a, there's a very cool um, like definition I have for truth. And if you are in truth, it will manifest in this way. It says, in truth emphasizes biblical integrity. I'll read it slowly that you can write if you want. But it emphasizes biblical integrity. So the Bible, it will emphasize the Word. The Word became flesh and it dwelt among us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, and so it will emphasize biblical integrity. Two, joined to personal honesty. This will basically manifest in a way where we are personally honest with ourselves. Isn't it? When we worship God, we will be honest with ourselves. Joined to personal honesty, manifested in a heart of sincerity and a humble manner of transparency, to be transparent before God, to tell him when we are angry, to tell him when we are sad. This is all worship. This is all something that Jesus comes and does through the Bible, through his way. He's the way. To focus on him. And from there, when we do this and we are open and we invite the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes the lead. And this leads to acceptable worship to the Father. Soos in Afrikaans sê dit, aangename geer vir die Vader. Hoe lekker is dit as ons, if we can worship in a way that's pleasing to the Father. Through the Holy Spirit, joined together with the Son. It says in John 4, 14, 16, that the Spirit will always glorify the Son, magnify the Son. They work together to praise the Father in spirit and in truth. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that leads us to point number one. How can I grow in worship? I think um, that question, how can I grow in worship, the point number one is by having a teachable heart. But I think we can stop at the, at the question, how can I grow in worship? If we ask that question, we are already one way ahead to the right direction, isn't it? So the, the, first, the first question or the first point should actually be, just to ask a lot of times, how can I grow? How can I grow, Lord? Holy Spirit, show me how can I grow. And this ties into having a teachable heart. Asking God constantly what worship He seeks from me. Not the other guy in the front. Um, we tend to look around in, in congregational worship. No. Lord, what do you want from me at this moment? Genuine worship is not a self-generated thing. It's something that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, sustained. So if we are entering our personal worship, if we are going to work, invite the Holy Spirit. Ask Him how should it look like. 
How should my worship look like today? It's a way of living. An attitude of worship comes upon us when we begin to see God for who he is. And I always think of this um, very cool video of Louis Giglio, where he has uh, this, he explains how the earth is like, like a golf ball and then it goes bigger and he shows all these stars. And where the earth is like a little dot here in the corner when he shows these big stars. And out of that place of awe, I, that with worship starts. And if we pray, Holy Spirit, show us. It's easy to go, eh? The, the Holy Spirit leads us out of that way. To think of how am I so blessed you know, it's just by grace that we are here. And out of that place, a worship flows. Because it's more than spirit, oh, it's more spirit than flesh, sorry. A lot of prayer should be involved. When we, when we worship, when we enter a place of worship, pray. Pray, it's a good way. A lot of prayer should be involved. Our spirits, more than our bodies, our physical bodies. Aligning our will and our hearts with the Father. In Romans 12.22, transformed by the renewal of your minds. Having a teachable heart. Ne? Point number two. Um, and this, this point, yeah, it did me quite a lot. By remembering that I am created to worship God. We were created to glorify God. And if I asked you when you walked in here today, what were you made to do, you would probably give me this answer. Yeah, we were made to worship God, so why don't we do it? <laughs> why don't we do it in spirit and in truth then? That is what the Father seeks. I want to be a true worshiper. Um, I think that's the heart. That's the heart. By having a teachable heart, remembering that we are created to do this. Because I tend to forget. I tend to forget this. And it's such an easy thing to remember. Remember that I'm created to do this. Um, and this may sound a little hard, but it's, this, is, this, is, this is the truth. If our heart is not in the right place when we worship, we are failing at that moment what God is creating us to do, isn't it? I'm not saying that we are failures, but I'm saying that it's so powerful that when we worship as true worshipers, we can do amazing things. We are in the will of God. We are doing what He wants us to do. And out of that place, we are, yeah, yeah, we are blessed. We can do amazing things for God. Now, worship is like under a microscope. If we think of our lives or our goal on earth, it's basically we are looking under a microscope at worship and saying, this is what you were created to do. So you know, I, I really want to encourage us, if we, if we worship, to really invite the Holy Spirit Focus on, on the truth. Focus on Jesus. It shouldn't be to anything else. No idols, only God. He deserves the glory. And our last point for tonight, the third point. Paul is saying in Ephesians, he's writing about using our time. And he said that it's good to worship. He encourages us to worship more. And um, he says that that is the will of the Father to worship him. So being in constant worship, it seems a bit, you know, I don't know if I can do it all the time, but 
let's, let's work to a place where we can do it more in our lives. Why not more? Why not in the car and on the way to spar? <laughs> and when we are here, inviting the Holy Spirit, Lord, how can I worship you more? How can I worship you better? This is, in fact, the primary activity in heaven. You're worshiping God. Holy, 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 the angels, the saints and the angels. So, yeah, I, I just want us to, to take some time. I'm going to give us some time and just reflect on these three. Let's um, you know, just close our eyes where we are sitting. Let's just think of these three um, points. Now, do we struggle with having a teachable heart, asking God constantly what he, what he seeks from us? How should my worship look like? How should my life look like? Do we struggle to remember that we are created to worship God? Let's remember that. Invite the Holy Spirit, being in constant worship. Yeah, Lord, we pray that, that you will show us, Lord, how should our worship look like, Lord? How will it be acceptable and pleasing to you? Now, thank you, Jesus, that you made a way for us to worship you any time, any day. you made a way now that we can enter in your presence anytime Lord now we pray that you now do that heart surgery that area in our life that we are not surrendering to worship Lord whether it's time or whether we forget your goodness Lord pray that you will show us Holy Spirit that you will guide us we pray that you will lead the worship in our homes, in our personal lives, in our way to work. Thank you that you are good, Lord.